Okay. I think we got it going. Let's thank you for bravely coming out this evening. And I guess maybe we'll have to try to make sure no one leaves, not everyone leaves before we make sure every vehicle starts on a night like this. Let's just have an opening word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. And Lord, I just pray that you would uh, really help me uh, in this, uh, leading this session tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that uh, your Holy Spirit speaks to us through it. Lord, we pray that you would uh, open our hearts, that uh, we might be able to hear from you tonight as we and learn more about you and your dealings with mankind through our session tonight. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Okay, now just want to quickly... Anyone want to make a comment on what we can take from this picture? That the prophet who God spoke through, he was the author of it, and told them, uh, gave them what to write in, in the scriptures for us. Okay, the, the scriptures that now make up our Bible, yes. Thank you. Someone else? Start with this one here. God is a God of order. And how did God know about how things happened in the beginning? He was the eyewitness. He was eyewitness. He, he was there. Uh, and what does that teach us about God? He's eternal. He's eternal. That's right. We, we have a beginning. Um, but God never had a beginning. He has no beginning and no end. He's eternal. That's he's the eternal God. For those who thought waiting would mean less work, <laughs> there's four. <laughs> oh, okay. To them, and he had everything ready, like in the garden. Everything was, like Brett said, like there's an order to it, so everything was ready for okay. humankind. Um, gave Adam the responsibility of naming all the animals. Okay. So, I think it was mentioned there was the start of work. Um, but there was no helper found who was suitable for Adam, and so. God caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep and created Eve. Mm -hmm. um, and then Adam, well, her name is like the mother of all living. Yeah, the name Eve. Yeah. And they were created 
Okay. And uh, was just Adam created in the image of God? No, both Adam and Eve yeah, or the men. Let us create in our image, male and female. Right. That's right. Okay. Andrew, <laughs> I know you're just dying to say something. Um, uh, I guess God created uh, Lucifer. Um, he thought he was kind of a big shot. <laughs> and um, rebelled against God. And um, was, I guess, him and his armies of angels were thrown down to earth. Okay, yeah, that there's many who decided to rebel with Lucifer and they were uh, cast out of their places or positions in heaven. Okay. Can we see the serpent anywhere? The serpent is hiding. Okay, at any rate, uh, there was a number of uh, trees in the garden. Uh, two were named specifically. Can anyone remember what those two named trees were? The tree of life and the tree of life. That's right. And which one did God say they were not to eat from? Yeah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and what would happen if that, if they did? They would die. They, they would die, that's right. And they both thought that would be terrible, so they perfectly obeyed God in that, right? <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. And they lived happily ever after. Is that what, what happened? No, unfortunately. Uh, did it just come to their mind one day that uh, they should just eat that fruit and see what it's like? The crafty serpent did it. That's right, yeah. A serpent came in, in the garden. It, um, many believe it was Satan who disguised himself as a serpent and he deceived Eve into thinking that it would be good to eat from it, but then because then they would be like God, knowing both good and evil. And uh, Eve took from the fruit and uh, ate it and gave some to her husband, who, or yeah, husband Adam, who was with her, and uh, and he ate. And what came into the world as a result? Sin. Sin. Death. Death. The cur yeah, some curses, that's right. Uh, the, the serpent was cursed. Uh, uh, the woman was uh, cursed that she would ha have increased pain in childbirth. Uh, man was uh, cursed uh, in that the, the ground would uh, produce uh, thorn and thistles. 
and, uh, and then they were sent out of the garden. And uh, yeah, we'll go on to this next one. Who are the two, these two guys? That's right, Cain and Abel. And uh, which one was someone who cultivated the ground? Cain was, and who was a keeper of sheep or flocks? Abel, Abel that's right. And picture on the right has them both bringing offerings to God. And uh, which which offering was accepted? Whose offering was accepted by God? Abel's, that's right. And uh, Cain's was rejected. And uh, Cain, um, I think one of the last things we had was uh, God coming to Cain and saying, hey, if you do what is right, if you bring uh, an animal sacrifice that has blood in it, then you'll be accepted as well. And did Cain follow that advice? No, yeah, that's right. Anger. Yeah, anger and jealousy. And uh, what did he decide to do in instead? He killed his brother. That's right. He killed his brother. Okay, very good. So actually, that was the first death. Because Adam and Eve really didn't physically die. Yeah, the first physical death. Uh, other, than, other than the animal that uh, Abel sacrificed. And the animals that God killed to prepare yes. the, the skin. That's right, yeah, yeah, to make tunics first of skin. Yeah, first, first human physical death. They, there was the death of their relationship with God, with sin coming in. They didn't have that same uh, transparency with God, uh, uh, friendship with God. They experienced fear and shame, things like that, which were indicators as well. And uh, looking at uh, the review key points from the previous lesson, God's way is by, anyone want to guess? Faith. God's way is by faith. And by faith, who came to God? And as such, he and his offering were looked upon with favor. Abel, Abel that's right. Who did not, and therefore neither he or his offering were looked upon with God's favor. Cain. Okay. Abel's faith was not in himself or his ability to believe, but in God and God's way of coming to him. And there is only one... Anyone want to guess? Start with W. Way. There's only one way we can come to God, and it is God's way, which is by faith. And that was a sacrifice, too. I mean, the animal was a sacrifice. The other, the other fruit of the ground is not a real sacrifice. It was, in that case, it wasn't an acceptable sacrifice for what God had wanted, no. Um, food is used as sacrifice. Yeah, later on in uh, the book of Leviticus, I believe, it does talk about grain offerings and things like that, uh, which had a certain purpose. But um, from what we 
stand that somehow Cain and Abel uh, both should have known the way to come to God, whether it was uh, their parents mentioning about the, the blood that was shed to provide the tunics to skin, or we're not sure. There, it's, uh, it's more conjunctures, and they're not really. Yeah. It doesn't specifically tell us which offering was accepted and why. And we know which one was, but we're not sure why. But it could also be the idea, it kind of hints or alludes to the idea that it says when Cain brought the fruit fruit from the garden, he brought some of it. But then when it describes Abel's, it says he brought the firstborn, or the the, the yearlings and the best. The the best, brought the best. Where Abel's or Cain's is kind of like, oh, he brought some. And so, again, it's still a conjuncture. But yeah. We know it wasn't accepted. Yeah. And when we can look back, when we have a better understanding of the fullness of Scripture, there's aspects uh, about uh, that points to a, something that's alive that uh, was, was put to death as being very important to, to God, which we'll, we'll look at later. But uh, yeah, there is a lot of things that. Uh, at this point, it's not spelled out clearly, but will make more sense as we go along. Okay, uh, as you can see, there's a little bit of a glue-on section there. We had a, a shorter version of today's lesson, but uh, on Sunday evening, uh, Brent sent uh, an amendment uh, and said, could, could I insert this? Some think that God is a distant and uncaring God who does not concern himself with what is happening on earth, let alone with individuals. In today's lesson, we will see how the Bible shows us that God indeed does care and is not far off as he reveals in his pursuit of restored relationship with Cain, Enoch, Noah, and therefore all people. Just wondering, has anyone ever felt that way, that uh, God isn't really here and active, but is, is distant? There's one person who's nodding their heads. Okay, and one raised hand. Does anyone want to say why they may have felt that way? No. No? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Right, when they look at all the bad things, it's hard for them to see how God is at work in the midst of the pain and suffering and all the bad things that happen. Okay. Has anyone uh, prayed and felt that their prayer was not answered? And they felt that it was a, a, a good prayer, uh, you know, that it was with right motives and everything, and, and for whatever reason, God didn't answer your prayer. I know I've. I've been there, that, um, and sometimes you wonder, okay, you know, God, where are you in this? It can be, can be a challenge. Um, our 
foundational uh, truth, or are we supposed to get here yet? Huh. Let's see. Okay, here, here's some things that we're learning here. That God is a creator, God is all-powerful, God is owner, and that's something that we're gonna be kind of keying on uh, today as well. God is holy, God is the provider, God is all-knowing, uh, sees all things, God is the ultimate ruler, God must justly punish sin, God is purposeful, God desires relationship with people, God is loving, God is merciful, God is gracious, God promises a deliverer or savior. And then in regard to humankind, humans are made by God, humans are made in God's image, humans are made for a relationship with God, humans are given ability to make choices, Humans cho choose pride, rebellion, greed, and many other things that all fall under the, the banner of sin and having a sin nature. Humans are ruled by their sin nature and owe a sin debt, which we've been trying to picture over here. And yeah, last lesson we had Cain uh, with his sin debt uncovered, uh, whereas Abel, because of his faith, his sin debt was uh, covered and he was uh, viewed as righteous uh, because of his faith. We think we looked at uh, a section in Hebrews chapter 11 about that last time. Okay. Um, okay. Well, we should have sh showed this before, but you guys guessed it so Wonderfully. Okay, kind of the key thing or theme or hook today is God continues to pursue relationship with sinful people. Um, there will be other things that we'll be highlighting as we go through this, that uh, uh, God is the ultimate owner of all people because God created people. Um, and therefore, he's uh, the ultimate owner of Cain and Enoch and Noah, who we'll be looking at briefly later. And we'll be seeing that uh, Enoch walked with God. And we'll be exploring, okay, what exactly does that mean? Maybe we won't look at it exactly, but we'll think about what that can mean. And we'll be looking at Noah as he lived in a sinful world. Um, now, let's see here. So, we talked about Cain killing his brother Abel and uh, tried to d deny it. Um, and we're going to be looking at uh, God choosing a punishment for Cain. Um, sometimes people think that because God is a loving and gracious God that uh, he doesn't really care about what we do and so that people can get away with doing s sinful things, evil things, murderous things. But uh, if people have that thought, they're deceived. Uh, they are uh, believing a lie uh, that will betray them in the end. 
And, uh, and there's a sense that uh, uh, perhaps Cain felt that way about uh, what he had done. Um, would someone be willing to read this for us? Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know who the child Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Okay. So, what, what happened here? What do you see uh, coming out through these verses? God is pursuing Cain, just like he did with Adam and Eve. When they had sinned, he would say, like, where are you? And talk with them and try to give them opportunity to repent and tell what had happened and come back and restore that relationship. And he's done the same thing here with Cain. He's pursuing him to yeah, that's, share. What, what did you do? Yeah, that's right. I was thinking, even before that, how here Cain deceived his brother. Like, let's go to the field. I think he already knew what he was planning to do. Premeditated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First degree murder. <laughs> yeah. Again, that deception. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I see th three questions there. Like, not uh, just coming there, you know, I've seen what you've done and here's the curse. But yeah, like uh, Judy says, uh, an invitation to talk about it uh, and to. Uh, um, yeah, through questions and to get Cain to think about the seriousness of what he has done. Against whom, uh, looking at the questions on your sheet, against who did uh, Cain sin? God. God? Anyone else? Well, I would say that he also sinned against Abel, uh, but that the deeper sin was against God. That, that's right. Um, again, humankind was created in hu whose image? God. That's right, in God's image. And uh, what we do against those who bear God's image uh, is in God's view here, uh, and as we look uh, at different scriptures, uh, um, it, it's like we're doing it to God. Um, you know, uh, later on, uh, there's the idea, you know, whatever you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. Uh, James, uh, in the book of James, there's the idea that, uh, you know, how can we, uh, praise God and then curse men who are made in the image of God. No, if we praise God, then we should be speaking well towards uh, and about our, our fellow man. Yeah. So what was, what was God's reaction? Uh, 
how do you how do you feel um, well, is there anything in what the Lord says here that reveals what he may have felt about the killing of Abel Sorrow, yeah. Yeah. I think they did. Uh, it doesn't spell it out, but uh, you know, you should, when you go, what have you done? And, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's something terrible has happened here. And, uh, and so I think, yeah, that there's sorrow. Um, you know, Abel's blood cried out to God <laughs> from the ground. Uh, to be honest, I don't know exactly the meaning, the full meaning behind that, but uh, uh, you know, again, later on in the Bible, there's an indication that the shedding of man's blood is seen by God as a, as a terrible thing. Uh, later on, God will make a, a, a law that if a man sheds uh, human blood, that man who did that should be put to death as well. Just because uh, God is the giver of life, and God should be the one to decide when a life is over, not, not, a, not a man. It also pushes against that idea that God is distant and uncaring, because like your brother's blood has a community that's very personal, right. specific. Hmm. Okay, yeah, very good. Okay, so I, I think that uh, God looked upon it now, you know, God is a great and awesome God, but I think, uh, you know, he was deeply saddened that uh, uh, God <coughs> felt terrible that with two, uh, the first two children born into the world, one kills the other. Um, one of his creation made uh, someone made in his image was killed by Cain. Okay, let's see here. Why, why is this a sin against God? I guess we touched upon uh, that a bit already. Uh, every sin is against God because he is holy and people are his possession because he made all people. The heart posture and actions reveal uh, things like pride, rebellion, jealousy, uh, uh, and you know, kind of a self-centeredness. It's uh, all about me. I'm, I was offended, so I took action on the one who offended me. Uh, this is sin in action, this is evil in action. And uh, the reality is every sin is ultimately against God. Um, if I mistreat Janet, then I'm, in a sense, mistreating, mistreating God. If, uh, sorry, I, I got a little bit of a cold, so, I'm going to be blowing my nose quite a bit here. Um, if a child, um, 
if a child lies to their parent, then who also has a child lied to? To God as well. And if a woman belittles her husband, who has she belittled as well? God as well. And we could go on and on and on. For each and every sin, God justly marks it on the sinner's sin debt uh, account. And somewhere in here, I've got that little bracelet, the string bracelet. And, uh, and if I uh, had a knot for every time I mistreated Janet or said something I shouldn't have said, uh, there would be lots of knots. Uh, there would be, yeah. And, uh, but again, ultimately, it's, it's against God. And while it's very good to uh, apologize uh, and admit that we're wrong to those we've offended. We should also bring the, those things to the Lord. And again, by what God uh, says here, uh, he's inviting us to. You know, he's, uh, he's asking in the same way uh, that he asked Cain, you know, uh, what is it that you have done? Let's talk about it. Now, did God have a right to question Cain? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the creator and owner of Cain. Yeah, he had every right to uh, question Cain. Um, he and God, even though people sin against God, he is still their, their owner. And, uh, um, and even though people like Cain and anyone else who has sinned and done wrong are following Satan, they're showing that they're ruled by Satan and slaves to their sin nature, um, it doesn't mean that God is, is done with that people that he uh, he pursues. Um, last week we saw that Abraham's faith was in God, um, and we learned that God's way is a way of faith. And Abel chose God's way of coming to him, and as such he was called righteous. He he humbly uh, submitted to God. And because of his faith, he was declared righteous. He was declared righteous by faith in God. God is the giver of life. And here Cain, in a sense, stole from God as he acted sinfully out of pride, jealousy, and anger and took what wasn't his to take, uh, a life. And uh, as we go back to the notes here, remember with Eve, the sin against God began in her thinking. Now, thinking of Cain, when Cain killed Abel, 
Is there any thoughts about where the sin began? Okay. Um, possibly uh, when he was angry. And if not there, then definitely by the time we mentioned the word premeditated, when he started uh, thinking about what he was going to do to, to Abel. Okay, and when he decided, yep, that's what I'm uh, going to do, he definitely sinned by that time against God when he start, started to thinking of his, the, the plan to, to kill Abel and when he decided that's what he was going to do, if not before, he was certainly sinning uh, against God at that time. When Cain entertained the idea and then determined in his heart that that was what he was going ahead with, uh, with his hateful thoughts towards Abel. God, uh, as a holy God, God is righteous and just and will not tolerate, uh, would not tolerate Cain's actions towards Abel, that which was ultimately towards him. God is righteous and just. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, kind of an illustration that uh, with Abel being made in God's image, even though Abel doesn't look exactly like God, uh, like, you know, we don't have all the attributes of God, but this is kind of the idea of uh, there's an image of God in Abel so that when uh, Cain killed Abel, his actions were ultimately against God as well. Okay, could I have a volunteer read this passage? Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Hey, thank you. So who gave authority to God to question Cain in this way and then pass judgment? Yeah, he already had it, right? Yeah. No one gave God uh, that authority. He already had it because he is the absolute owner and final ruler of all that he has made, the final true ruler of Cain as well. So how did God punish Cain? Okay, yep. And so it's like it would be a restless wanderer. It's going to be like his parents got banished from the Garden of Eden, and now he's 
I don't know, almost like a step further. You're just going to wander. You're not going to have a place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, what was the primary occupation of Cain before? He, yeah. Yeah, he was a uh, someone who cultivated the ground, grew crops, and stuff like that. So, so this was uh, you know really directed towards uh, part of his identity of what he enjoyed doing, what he may have been very gifted in doing. Uh, yeah, so when you work the ground, it would no longer yield its crops for you. Now, some versions don't have a quite that strong. Uh, it might, it, it says more along the line that um, the, you will, it will not yield good crops for you, that it's going to be harder for you to get uh, good crops. Uh, and so there's a little bit of that that it would not produce as well as it did before. Now, in your assessment, how does that come to you as a punishment? Does that seem to be a just punishment for, um, for Cain, for what he had done? Doesn't seem that bad to me, considering what he did. Okay, yeah. You know, that even though, yeah, it does kind of strike at the heart of his vocational identity, it does still seem to be light in view of what he had done. Um, now, something to think about is that this is something in addition to what he would already be experiencing as being born with a sin nature as a descendant of Adam and Eve. There were the other curses there that, uh, you know, thorns and thistles, um, being cut off from God, controlled by sin, shame, pride, and Satan. So, you know, it's, it's not that uh, it was adding uh, one more stiff curse along the line of amongst the other things that he shared that are part of the curse of sin coming in, in, uh, into the world. Um, here are some things, you know, cut off from God forever. Uh, sinners against God and ruled by sin in all of life, uh, relying on their own abilities, ruled by shame and fear, ruled by pride and, and uh, refusing to admit their sin, enemies of God, ruled by Satan who seeks to destroy them, having a sin debt against God and, and under his wrath, their bodies are dying, you know, experiencing pain and so on. Um, spirit and soul will go to the lake of fire forever under the punishment of God. So there, while it doesn't seem to be a, an equal measure against Cain for what he did to Abel, it's, it's still that, not that he's getting off scot-free either. 
Um, so Cain's immediate punishment came in the form of a curse from God against his choice of work. Okay, a, a, a curse, so we could talk a little bit about that. It's more than just the consequence, but God's constant force opposing uh, what is cursed. Um, it has force behind it that, that makes it happen. And uh, it is the hand of God, of the Almighty God, constantly opposing. It's something that's uh, relentless, something that's unescapable. God's curse is a consequence of sin, and it is not vengeful, misplaced, or malicious. It is God's justice um, and righteousness, and one of the effects and costs of sin um, in regard to, uh, and results of being disobedient towards a holy God. And the uh, second thing, we, we want to be careful not to confuse God's curse with a curse that might be uh, done by a shaman or, uh, or someone that comes from an animistic or witchcraft background uh, or a, a manipulative use of power to, to harm people. Uh, God's curse is not in that same way. Because God is holy, just and all-powerful, the curse he placed and the punishment it delivered to Cain was sure to happen. God is faithful in all aspects of his character, and here being the fullness of his judgment at play in regards to, to Cain. Now, would someone, if they can uh, read this, uh, go to... Um, Genesis 4, verses 13 to 18. And read that for us. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. The Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one would, who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain lay with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irid, and Irid was the father of Yomikirin. Uh, yeah, to the, the end of 18. Okay, thank you. Yeah, some of those names are quite, 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 quite something. Yeah, uh, appreciate that. So what other characteristics of God can you identify in this conversation here? Yes, I would say that he is very merciful. God would have had a right to kill Cain uh, for killing his brother. Um, and, and so he was merciful and also he, yeah, in what way was he merciful? How did he show that? 
Yeah, he promised uh, Cain a certain amount of protection that uh, uh, if someone like, let's say, Adam <laughs> uh, decided that uh, he, that Cain should be uh, punished more than that, that he would be protected. So, yeah, he offered uh, protection. Uh, and so that was uh, not only mercy and not giving, God, uh, giving Cain something that he deserved, but it was uh, an act of grace in, in giving, uh, giving something good. Uh, I'm wondering if I confused that in my thinking. It was merciful in, uh, in not giving the punishment that was deserved, but also gracious in giving something good that, was, uh, that wasn't necessarily deserved. Well, the angels, he cast them out of, the, out of his presence right away. You know, like Lucifer was cast out right now. Mm -hmm. There was no um, second chance or to repent or anything. Right. But he is constantly with man. He's made in his image. Well, then he can't go against himself either, then, can he? He can go against wrongdoing, but, but at the same time, yeah, that whole idea of pursuing relationship, giving another opportunity, yeah. And so, yeah, very, very gracious in that regard. He's made us in his image. Mm -hmm. wow. yeah. And I would say, um, even though, you know, obviously Cain was able to kill Abel, um, there's a certain amount of suppression of evil going on. Where, okay. You know, vengeance will not happen to Cain, and another murder won't happen on account of him, and uh, which is, you know, probably naturally what would have happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and later on in God's more full law, it had the... Uh, I uh, had even like cities of refuge that if someone accidentally killed someone, they could flee there in order to have an opportunity to speak for themselves before an avenger of blood would come and try to kill uh, the one. Right, like he's, so, he's sort of doing what governments do now with the power of the sword being kind of a uh, deterrent, right? Right. Um, like when I was in uh, like anthropology class I had to read all these ethnographies and one of the things that, that's really common in them is that places that don't have governments when one person gets killed like 30 people are dead before it's over because there's nobody to say whoa 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 stop this okay. can't go on okay like it's vengeance never stops right? yeah one person kills it and then somebody's gonna somebody's gonna have vengeance for whoever kills Cain just going to keep like kind of a domino. Finally, sometimes they just say enough is enough, but... Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. So it was just when you were saying that, I was just thinking, like, the conversation shows God's still the one who's in control. Right. right. So this, between the people, this horrible thing has happened. God hasn't lost control. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he has the final say mm -hmm. about... You know what will or will not happen yeah that's right um, because God is holy just and righteous he 
must punish Cain. If Cain never came to God through humility, faith, and repentance, the fact is that he would be separated from God forever. Cain's choices and consequences didn't just affect Cain, it affected his descendants as well. And that's another thing that we can look at as something gracious. He allowed uh, uh, Cain to, to marry and have children and, and so on, so he, he was allowed to have a, a family as well. But his sinful ways seem to have uh, an impact on his descendants, both in practical da daily living sense, but also in reinforcing their sinful, selfish, rebellious patterns of living. Habits, no, not necessarily that all of them were bad, but some of them were, were bad. And uh, so let's, uh, let's see, do we have this here? No, we don't have this on a PowerPoint. So, so could someone read verses 19 to 24 of Genesis chapter 4 for me. Lamech married two women, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the father of those who lived in tents and raised livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who played stringed instruments and pipes. Zilla also had a son, Tubal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was Namah. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zilla, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, and they mix 77 times. Okay, thank you. So what are some of the ways that God's Word describes the descendants of Cain? That's right. It's the first time that we read in the Bible that uh, uh, a man chose to marry uh, more than one woman, had two wives. So polygamy is mentioned for the first time. It says like Jabal was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. And then his brother was the father of those who play stringed instruments and pipes. So, that's just interesting, two quite different areas of interest or skill. Yeah, uh, and that, that idea of skill, you know, they were quite smart from the sounds of it, uh, um, uh, and maybe could be seen as quite successful by earthly standards, successful herders, and making musical instruments, uh, you know, that's sounds pretty, you know, a little bit beyond the caveman idea. Um, uh, knew how to work with metal to, it seems that they were able to make some metal tools and stuff like that to make life uh, uh, easier. They built building tents and had livestock and some sort of civilization and some sort of animal. Yeah, that's right, okay. Um, did, uh, that's right, yeah. 
Yeah, they were, yeah. In fact, one of the uh, oldest books in Job, it seems that mining in that time, and that's around the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they, they think, it seems that uh, they had quite complex mining operations already uh, in that early in history. That's uh, it's quite amazing. Now, uh, at the, in this section, do we find that uh, Cain is the only one to have, who has committed a murder? No, uh, uh, Lamech uh, says that he committed a murder like Cain. Um, they, so they seem to be very talented, but the focus of their efforts seem to be more on this life, the physical life, um, making a, a living, and uh, not saying that we don't pay any attention to that, you know, making and earning a living is important, but that seemed to be all that they thought about it. Uh, they didn't seem to uh, have a, a sense of really trying to pursue God, seeking God, walking with God, uh, making offerings to God. There's nothing in this section that uh, gives any indication that the, that the descendants of Cain were, were seeking God at all. There's another line that is here too that we um, are getting more knowledgeable and, and you know, technology and stuff like that. But these were, back then, was caveman people. But here is God is just saying, I mean, the music instruments. Yeah, yeah, we, we would say that's part of entertainment, which means it's life had gone beyond just surviving. They were actually able to take time to uh, make music. There was a, <laughs> the entertainment industry was beginning uh, uh, already. And uh, so, yeah, uh, very, very quickly we see civilization becoming quite, uh, complex, might you mean you'd say sophisticated to some degree? They specialized. Yeah. They must have been able to trade. Okay. If you just made musical instruments, you need somebody to whatever. For mine, you need somebody to give you food. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So there seems to be a, a, an economic system. There, there seems to be uh, um, an enter, you know, entertainment, uh, entertainment pursuits. Yeah. Um. Uh, just thinking a little bit about uh, Lamech uh, and him admitting uh, and almost boasting in a sense about committing a murder and kind of saying that, uh, you know, if uh, Cain's murder is bad, mine is, what is it, seven times worse? Uh, or how, how did he? 77 times. <coughs> yeah, if, if Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished 77 times. You know, 11 times. He's declaring that himself. 
too. Yeah. Who is he to declare what the punishment is for him? That, that, that's right. So he's kind of taking authority unto himself. Yeah, so kind of an arrogance uh, uh, in that. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Yep. So Jesus said that you forgive seventy times seven. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you Lamech would have forgiven that guy, that we wouldn't have had that that problem. With, well, at least well, the the second murder on earth that we know of could have been prevented. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it's interesting. It's not until very close to the end of uh, the book of Genesis that the concept of forgiveness uh, really comes out. It may be hinted towards, but it's not spelled out until uh, the very end of Genesis. Uh, each and every sin is a personal offense against God, and as such, the Bible says that he keeps a record. Uh, would someone look up Revelation chapter 20, Verse 12, Revelation 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Okay, yeah. So, uh, in those books is a record of the things that people have done. Okay. And uh, so who is the one that will punish you and I for our sin debt? The Lord says vengeance is his and he will repay. That's right. Yeah. Now, through the midst of this, we will see that as we saw in Abel, that he was declared righteous. You know, there is that going to be coming up again and again. But our sins do have to be punished, have to be paid for. And uh, so ultimately, uh, God is the one who will punish you or I, uh, or make sure our sin debt is punished. Um, and again, it's not for no reason, but it's because ultimately every sin that we do is against God. Only God has the authority to punish sin because God is holy and able to judge fairly. Okay. Um, does the punishment of sin only happen in the next life when uh, uh, those who uh, are not declared righteous will be punished forever in the lake of fire? Is that where the punishment begins? This sin is that separation right away. That's right, it's yeah. Like that tree that he's talked about getting Mm -hmm. it yeah, that's right. No, it, it begins in the present. Uh, actually, we're born already under the punishment of God because we inherit that sin nature. 
and, uh, and as a result, we're under the curse of God against, against sin. What are some ways that we might recognize being under God's curse right now? Has anyone here experienced what Adam and Eve experienced right after they ate the forbidden fruit? They, that they hid in fear? Has, has anyone here experienced fear before? I know I have. Okay. And it's amazing how much of my choices in life are based on some sort of fear. Uh, a lot of choices can be fear-based choices. Anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's two obvious ones, like the curse, where the weed, like, all have weeds in the and everyone gets paid first in pain. That's right, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, now there's, can be tremendous joy in a, uh, in, in a birth, but <laughs> usually the, uh, it's after much pain has been uh, endured. Yeah. And also, um, there's death, like in our world. You're always yeah, yeah. Death, grief, loss, uh, heartaches, regrets, um, things like that. And in our work, uh, like uh, God said uh, to Cain that his work would become e even more difficult. Uh, how many of us have experienced a difficulty at work? Okay. Yeah. Uh, work can be very uh, difficult. Uh, not everything goes smoothly all the time, especially at minus 40. Uh, you know, how, how many people have had a vehicle breakdown? I had a vehicle breakdown uh, uh, in the past since this cold spell uh, began. And I, uh, you know, if uh, Adam and Eve wouldn't have sinned, my vehicle would have worked perfectly. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would have really needed a vehicle if, uh, without sin, but... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you wonder, uh, it, it seems that uh, we'll be... This is kind of getting off topic, but uh, the climate, the climate may have stayed uh, a tropical uh, climate all around the earth, but that it seemed to be the way it was prior to the flood. So, uh, yeah, so there could have been all sorts of things. There's some nice things about the cold, but uh, yeah. We live, you know, we live in a broken world. Uh, we still live in a broken world and that uh, God uh, has given mankind over to the effects and consequences of sin coming into the world, evil coming into the world. Okay, we kind of looked at this uh, before, but just uh, um, the, these are the consequences of uh, what came through Adam and Eve's sin. And uh, uh, in, in our own strength, in our own abilities, can we uh, escape this? No. 
No, we can't escape it in, in our own doing. We need God's help because we are, we are helpless uh, to solve these problems ourselves. Okay. Now, let's see here. I'll read this time. Adam made love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in the place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. So Adam and Eve had other children, and uh, we read about them there. And uh, uh, what was the name of the next son that uh, Adam and Eve had? Seth. Seth, that's right. And Seth, and then Seth had a son named Enosh. And what does, what do we read after uh, we uh, learn about Seth having a son, Enosh. What, what do we read there? That's right. Did we see this statement among the descendants of Cain? No, no. So something that's uh, very unique here, that uh, uh, people began to call in the name of the Lord around the time of Seth and Enosh. Okay, um, we don't, we aren't told a lot about Seth, but uh, one thing that does come out later in the Bible is that Seth and uh, Enosh are in the family line of the deliverer that God promised uh, back in Genesis chapter 3. This is uh, kind of the... Family line uh, going from Adam to a person named Jacob, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs of what uh, would be the nation of Israel. Um, but for the sake of today's lesson, uh, yeah, this is uh, the, the family line, and this seems to be a family line where people are calling upon uh, the name of the, of the Lord. Okay, and all these uh, people are in the family line of, uh, of the Deliverer. So God rejected Cain and his descendants uh, for being uh, the through which the fulfillment of the promises of the Deliverer would come. Uh, God chose the family line of Seth that seemed to, uh, although they were sinners too, they, they, at the same time, seem to be calling and seeking the Lord. Could you repeat that again? No, like, this is, I love seeing this. Just a few years ago, I got to see this, how the generations, you know, you think that there's all these generations that there's nothing, or how do they talk with one another? But Noah, I mean, Seth and Enosh are alive. Noah. Just Enosh, not Seth. But yeah, because Seth died in 1042, and Noah was 1056. 
Yes, but that's before, so Noah is still, um, Seth is still alive. 1056 and 1042? It's before Christ. Oh, no, wait. Okay. See, if you go down the line, Noah, Seth is still alive when Noah was born. Hmm. Because not, that's not sure. going backwards. The dates go backwards before Christ. They do, but not on this graph. Yeah. Zero over by Adam. And yeah, so this is 930. Yeah. So if this isn't using the BC AD time scale. 130. Yeah. Yeah. This is but, using Adam as zero yeah. years. But, yeah. uh, but this particular one. Yeah, but Methuselah seems that he's still alive Adam. Uh, at the time of, uh, you, or Adam was still alive when Methuselah was born but uh, yeah the, the overlap is quite amazing because of the, the long lives that's right so that's not very accurate because if I go straight down no, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right it seems to be uh, Talk to our, uh, we should all eat our bread. Okay. Uh, someone volunteer to read uh, Genesis five twenty one to twenty four. When Enoch had lived sixty five years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. Okay. So, um, well, I think I missed a few questions here. Oh, what do you understand when it says to walk with God? What kind of comes to your mind. It brings you back to the garden when Adam walked with, with In the cool of the day, yeah. yeah they, they had a, a daily time there, yeah. It kind of rings of it anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you... Um, let's expand on that. You know, when you talk about meeting with God, walking with God, what are some other things that that brings out? They knew each other. Okay. Um, Which speaks of relationship, right? There seems to be relationship happening. And I guess that, like, Enoch was not uh, rebelling. There would be kind of together. Yes, so there's more of a peace, both uh, peace with God and um, living in such a way that demonstrated a peace with God. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. They're 
again, there's a lot that's said there, but there's lots that's not said that we really don't don't know. But uh, it is uh, something that is uh, um, really intriguing. That uh, you know, not only what it says here, Enoch walked with God three hundred years, and then it repeats it. You know, as if this is important. Enoch walked with God. And, uh, and so, uh, I'd like us to uh, look up uh, Hebrews um, 11, verse 5 and 6. And if I could have a volunteer to read that, uh, once you find it, he Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um, so, how did Enoch choose to live his life? By faith. By faith, that's right. Okay. Enoch's faith was um, in God. Uh, did, and, and it affected his life on earth as well as his eternity. Um, and with the delays and stuff like that, I actually don't have Enoch's sin rope in my, my hand. And so you'll have to use your imagination. But, uh, you know, he would have had, as a descendant of Adam, uh, a sin nature and so on. But like we see with Abel over here, he would have had that uh, sin debt covered because of his faith in God, that he came to God in God's way. And, uh, um, and so it's, it's interesting. And it says here, as a descendant of Adam, how could God be pleased with a sinner who deserved his wrath? Because he came to God by, by faith. That's right. Okay. Oh. We'll just look at verse uh, 6 again. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards uh, those who earnestly seek him. Okay. This is life and relationship with God in the present and for all eternity that just like uh, sin has an effect on us uh, in this life and in eternity if it's not, not covered. Uh, so faith and, the, and being seen as righteous by faith has an effect on our life both now and for eternity. Okay, so let's just uh, look at a couple of aspects of uh, life in 
relationship with God. Um, okay. Uh, once a person puts their faith uh, in God and that the, they're covered, they're in a relationship with God forever. God covers their sin and declares them holy. God begins to set them free from shame and fear. God leads them towards humility and admitting sin. Uh, bodies still die, but there is hope. Spirit and soul will dwell in Abraham's, I wonder if it means bosom, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that seems to be pointing forward a little bit. Uh, uh, we haven't quite got there yet. Yeah. Uh, God is now their strength. They're accepted by God who sets them free from Satan. The sin debt with God and his wrath are covered. No longer an enemy with God and under the blessing of God now and forever. Okay, now let's uh, go on to look at our third person. We were, we've been looking at Cain and we've uh, looked at Enoch. And now we're going to look uh, at the start of the story of Noah. And I'll take a turn reading. This is verse 8 of chapter 6. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, what key words or ideas or phrases do we see here describing Noah that uh, are in common with what we saw in Enoch as well? That's right, he walked faithfully with God. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Uh, we don't have those exact uh, words, but uh, uh, we have the idea that Enoch pleased God. Um, and there's some things here, you know, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man and blameless. And so kind of that same idea of a, a man who pleased God. Yeah. Seems a little unfair. Enoch gets to go to heaven and Noah had to spend 40 days on a ship with a bunch of animals. Not only 40 days. No. Uh, but that was just the rain. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's right. And, and so uh, there are uh, definitely, uh, there's some similarities, but there are some differences. And we'll, we'll look at uh, some of those uh, differences uh, a bit later. And so here we have this description of, uh, of Noah. And do you think all the people on earth at that time were just like Noah? Okay, would someone read this? The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, 
and let every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. Okay, thank you. So how did God view these people? What was his assessment of these people? That's right. Everything they, they thought or imagined seemed to be bent on evil all the time. Okay. Um, now, would you say that this is evidence that they were descendants of Adam and had a sin nature? Yes, uh, for sure. Yeah. They were completely tainted and corrupted by sin and shame and fear and pride and, and Satan and um, violent, wicked thoughts. Um, you know, they were living out their sin nature. They, they were sinners. Um, and, and just think about how God would have had a, a right to be angry about that, about a holy God, and he sees that they're just thinking about evil all the time. But is anger the only thing that we see in God's reaction to it? What, how, how he feels about it? Regret. Yeah, he feels regret. Yeah. For grieved. Yeah, some versions say grieved. Yeah, he was deeply grieved or deeply troubled, uh, it says here. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it really bothered him. Uh, it almost is that, you know, he was really hurt but by, uh, with all that he was seeing. And the description of humanity uh, seems pretty dismal. It seems that things, Noah was living at a time, was living righteously in a time of, uh, a lot of wickedness, a real messed up, really, really messed up world. Okay, but uh, in the midst of this uh, mess, uh, there, there's hope. Um, it said in verse 8 following this that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And, but there would be consequences uh, to the world that has this uh, mindset of being evil all the time, um, full of sin and under the curse uh, of God. And, uh, and so while uh, Enoch and Noah, they too would have had a sin debt uh, just like us, uh, their sins were covered because uh, of their faith in God. And by the way, uh, uh, Brent did say that uh, we could put his name on here as well. <laughs> just, 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 just in case uh, you, you, you had wondering if he was somehow accept, uh, exempt. No, he says that he too... Uh, and yeah, it, I don't 
don't ha have the uh, black marker handy, but yeah, Enoch and Noah, we can put there as having a sin debt, but like Abel, covered uh, uh, by th their faith. God, God's seeing them as righteous because of their faith. So again, uh, some comparisons. Uh, Enoch and Noah both walked faithfully with God, both had a faith in God, Noah was specifically called righteous and blameless. Uh, but then there's some uh, differences. It says that God took Enoch away so that he didn't experience death, whereas Noah did not get taken away by God in that fashion. And, and so he, he would experience death. Okay. Um, not... Everyone's life experience is going to be exactly the same. Uh, we will see some differences. But how God is and deals with each person does not diminish uh, both his anger against sin, but also his love and grace towards those that he desires to rescue uh, by virtue of people putting faith in him. God loves all of us. And in the next lesson, we will learn more about what God intended to do with the ever-increasing sinful world and the purposes that God had for, uh, um, for Noah, for you know, bringing Noah into the world. So again, our main hook is God continues to pursue relationship with sinful people. Pursued relationship with Cain, but God, but Cain rejected it. And from what we see in his descendants, his descendants rejected uh, God's pursuit of them. Enoch, though, walked with God. Noah walked with God. How, how does that make you feel in regard to God pursuing relationship? Uh, again, there's, in our initial uh, statement, there's a lot of people who think that, uh, yeah, God may have created the world, but he's distant. He's not really in touch with what is happening in the world. He doesn't really care what people do. He's uh, aloof and indifferent. Do, do we get that picture from what we've seen in how he related to Cain, Enoch, and Noah. Yeah. People are shaking their heads. No, uh, yeah, it's, it's that God is vitally interested in, in his world uh, that he created and even more interested in the people that he created in his image. And uh, uh, and so there is that idea of God pursuing us, and maybe you can look back at times where you felt that uh, God did something to get your attention so that you would try to seek God. Uh, and yet at the same time, the, the scriptures give the idea that there is a, there's a little bit of a two-way street. Uh, I believe it's in James where we get the idea of uh, draw near to God 
and he will draw near to you. And, uh, and so uh, there, there seem, seems to be a correlation that as God pursues us, we, we should respond in uh, drawing near to him. Okay. That's right, yeah. yeah. I believe Jeremiah, is there somewhere in Jeremiah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. Any other final thoughts? God continues to pursue relationship with sinful people, and I'm so glad he does. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this time, and thank you for, again, the people who came in the midst of uh, very cold temperatures, and we do pray that all the vehicles would start okay. Uh, we thank you for your pursuit of us as sinners that you still long, long for restored relationship with us, and we thank you so much for that. In the name of your Son, your Deliverer, amen.